Blog Talk Radio. point and you know what that music means the one and only the legendary iceberg is with us tonight are you there sir yes sir i am how's it going man it's going fine how are you i'm good brother doing good 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 thanks for uh doing this tonight i am not sure where mr platinum is i was hoping he would be hopefully he will be along shortly okay so, um, you know, I went back today and uh, listened to the first interview we did. And Are you there? Yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me I... drop there for a second. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened, man. I was looking at my phone like, "The hell's wrong with you?" <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So I, I, was, I um, went back and listened to the first um, interview we did, and you know you talked a lot about deathmatch wrestling that night, and a lot about your relationship with uh, Jeff G. Bailey, and uh-huh. so forth, and um, your your run with Wildside as the champion. And I wondered what you wanted to talk about tonight. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, of course, was, um, you know, we're one year yesterday from the passing of Jimmy Rave. And uh, I, I want, certainly wanted to ask your thoughts about Jimmy. Yeah, that, you know, it, that was, that, it's a rough thing still to, to think about, you know, that, um, you know, I, that I never – 
be able to walk into a place again and physically see him, but um, the the legacy that and body of work that he left behind, I mean, you can see it in so many different guys, you know, especially from this region, but not just here, you know, on up northeast, that area. I mean, um, I miss him. You know, I hate uh, that uh, he was going through what he was going through. Uh, because that was a lot of extreme, you know, extreme uh, stuff for him to handle at one time. Um, so I, I just I miss him, man. I, I wish that um, I wish that we could have, you know, spoken uh, a little bit more, um, you know, about being a at the time. You know, I was a partial amputee. Um, when when he had his initial surgery, and uh, mm-hmm. we we talked a little bit, but um, you know, I you know when when the when the stuff came out that he had um, you know he had had the the double you know amputation on his leg, yeah, you know I just didn't have a good feeling about it, you know, like I don't I don't ever want to think badly, especially of of, of my my wrestling family, um, don't want to have any bad thoughts, but. Um, you know, I was hopeful uh, that, you know, he would um, get through that. But, um, you know, wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. How much did you um, work with Jimmy at Wildside? Did your paths cross much there? Um, we worked together a couple of times, Larry. Um, we did a, a six-man uh, me cross and um, Daz against uh, Jimmy, AJ, and, and Caprice, and um, and then Jimmy and I. I know we had um, I know we had a singles match. Um, that was pretty much all. You know, Jimmy put me in a in a, in a good spotlight there. Um, I want to say we worked together maybe a couple more times. Um, but outside of Wildside, we worked together, you know, a pretty good bit in the beginning. So, because my my first day of training, um, I actually I met Jimmy. Jimmy was maybe fourteen. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we we literally started at the exact same time. Wow. Yeah, sure did. Uh, and I, you, you know, know I'm, I'm I'm so proud of him. You know everything that he accomplished while he was here. Um, you know, like I said, his body of work. Uh, he was such a perfectionist and so smart beyond his years. Um, you know, uh, there wasn't a time where, and I, and I this me straight shooting here. There was not a time. Uh, as we we went along, that I didn't step in a locker room that Jimmy was in that I didn't learn something. I always learned something new every time I stepped in a locker room that where he was, you know. And, and a lot of times it was, you know, me going to him asking questions or him, you know, coming to me and giving me advice or, you know, me just being a fly on the wall listening to talk to other guys. So... You got to work with him a little bit in uh, AWE as well, didn't you? As as, as part yeah. of the murders group. Yeah, as part of the hierarchy, we we worked together quite a bit there. Um, so yeah, that was that was really fun too, man. Just you know because um, you know the, the people in the group, you know, like murder and, and Jimmy and and myself and Chip and, you know, these are all guys that, that I've known for 20 years. Um, and so, I mean, it was nice for us to, to finally, you know, be put together and just, I mean, it was so much fun that group was because we were so organic. And, um, I mean, we just had a blast. Every time out we had a blast. What uh, you know, we didn't really talk at all about AWE on the uh, uh, the, the first time we we interviewed. Any other thoughts, remembrances about that 
that era, that was towards the end of your, obviously towards the end of your career. Yeah, I mean, AW was was great, man. Um, it, it was, it really was like a a, a breath of fresh air. Um, just how how everything was was run, uh, the the style uh, of wrestling that that occurred there, um, the angles. Um, the fact that we could be a little more over the top. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I haven't cut loose yet, but you, you know what I'm saying here. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun, man, because murder, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. No. Like, and you never know, never know when you're going to have to get back to back and maybe fight your way out of somewhere. Um, and, and then... Jimmy was just so good, you know, at, at being Jimmy and, you know, being somebody that, you know, people wanted to slap the shit out of, but they didn't have the balls to, you know, even really say a, a word to him. Um, but no, man, it, it was that was such a good time. Um, had a lot of fun there during that run. Got to work with a lot of really good people. Uh, that you know, otherwise I may not have gotten to work with, and I'm I'm grateful for that. So yeah, I mean I've, I've got nothing but fond memories of there. You, you know, when I look back, every time I look back and look back at some of those cards, it blows my mind the people that came through I, AWE, the, the the wonderful talents from all over the place that. Yeah, uh, we got to see in Atlanta because of AWE. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I was so fortunate because I was right in the middle of it, you know, and I got to work with, you know, work, you know, either work matches with or, you know, uh, spots with uh, guys, um, you know, uh, Martin Stone or Danny Birch, um, Cedric Alexander. Um, and we even uh, did something. I want to. I want to say it was with uh, Sammy Callahan. Yep. Um, and I know Champa and Gargano was in and out a few times. And I, I, I you know, I took a few chair shots over the years. I can't remember exactly if if I had the opportunity to do anything small, you know, which it would have been. Uh, with those guys, but I know they were there and they were always, you know, consummate professional. Uh, every one of those guys, man, that that, that came through there, it, it was really, um, it was it was a dream scenario, so to speak. You know, it, it felt a lot. Uh, it felt a lot like Wildside because you had people come from all over and make this, you know, beautiful cake, as mm-hmm. we'll call it. Um, you know, it was just a mixture of ingredients that, you know, at the right place, the right time, the right temperature, everything just worked. And that's what AWE was to me. Uh, so, man, i got to thank Murder and Josh forever deciding to bring me, you know. Um, love both of those guys dearly. So i got to ask you, what is it like to be – well, we're now three days away from a show in your honor. You know, it's, it's still um, it's, it's it's quite overwhelming. Like it really is. Um, you know, the, the the guys and and girls and whatnot that um, you know are, are putting this, you know, doing this thing, and you know it's something that murder has so, you know, beautifully put together. Um, it, it really, uh, it's really humbling, you know, it really is. And, um, it's just, it's, you know, it's confirmation that, uh, at, at some point I was impressionable and, uh, was, was loved and respected by, you know, the locker room, my peers. And, and that's, I think that's all that, that, um, that anybody can ask for. You know, if you've got the respect of your peers, I mean, 
that's there's not much higher you can go than that. And I'm grateful. Well, you definitely had had that and have that. Just judging from uh, you know the response to that this show is happening, the number of guys that and in, in, in women that want to be there to be part of it, it's mm-hmm. it's super impressive. It, it really is, man. And I, like I said, I, I'm so grateful, um, you know, to, to Dan and, and Murder and, and, you know, everybody that's, that's had a hand and, you know, whether it's doing graphics or, you know, put, putting together, uh, you know, little videos, the vignettes, um, you know, I, I want to thank every one of those guys, you know, that have been involved, uh, up to this point, and and that will be involved uh, on Friday. Uh, I could never repay any of them, uh, what you know, for what they're doing for me. Have you been uh, clued in much about what's going to be happening? What what we might be seeing as part of the show Friday night? Um, I know the you know the, the main. I know the main event. Um, uh, I've actually got a card somewhere in, in one of one of my inboxes, but uh, I don't know that I'm privy to put that information out there, and and I uh, don't know that I want to. Yeah, I, I understand. I haven't seen anything, so I assumed it was going to be a night of surprises because I haven't seen anything actually uh, put out as far as a card goes. It, it's it's going to be a good one. It's gonna be a real good one. I'm I'm uh I'm really uh like I said, I'm really grateful to everybody that's um you know, has anything to do with it and uh yeah man, I mean if you love wrestling that's a it's gonna be a good show. And we'll we'll touch on this before we uh end this interview, but it is Friday night at the action building in Canton. Tickets go on sale five PM at the building. I believe doors open at seven and bell time is definitely at 8 p.m., so uh, be there. It's going to be really good. Um, you know, what other – we didn't really talk much about when you went to um, TNA way back mm-hmm. in the day. What do you um, recollect about that experience? You know, it was um, it, it was it was a really cool thing. Um Obviously, something that um, you know, I never thought when I first started doing any of this. You know, that that uh, not one of those things that I ever saw myself doing, just because I I, I knew what the nature of the business was, and, and you know, back during that time, and you know what the what the guys were supposed to look like. So I mean, I I didn't have any crazy, uh, you know, fascination about you know getting to one of the larger companies. Um, and, you know, even though the TNA was a startup, it was, you know, it was the second biggest company at the time. So, I mean, um, I, I was really fortunate. Uh, my tryout match was with David Young, who I absolutely love, uh, and learned so much from, you know, over the last 25 years now, right at 24 years. Mm. Um, but yeah, getting getting to getting to work with Dave, um, you know, during my during my tryouts, um, it, it it settled me down. It put me at ease um, because we were so familiar with each other. Um, and, and then you know, uh, wasn't there long, and that you know, pro, that fell on me at the end of the day. Uh, but I mean, you know, I got to work with you know a couple of cool people. I got to work with Norma Smiley, um, and uh, you know, did a little bit with Sandman uh, and Don Callis, who was amazing. Um, so the, the you know, I, I, I look at the uh, the the guys that you know that that still manage in this era, and you know, I put you know Bailey and Dan. Callis and Mitchell, I put them all like right up there as 
you know, the greatest managers that are not on the biggest because they really are. I mean, you know that. I don't remember about Callis. What, what was? I don't even remember him being there. What, what was the story on Callis being in, in uh, I, TNA? I just, you know, I, after I, after I got the uh, the spot there, it was just they, you know, I, I don't I don't know if Bill had talked to him and, and you know told him that I always worked with a manager or how that even came about really, um, but uh, yeah, they they put us together and and uh so i you know i had a mouthpiece and uh um even now like that's that that's one of the greatest cover-ups of my career because had i not had these really good mouthpieces i i don't think i would have seen um you know the the success that that uh that i did see Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Ah, great talkers, man. Great storytellers. God, I'm so lucky. Well, yeah, as we talked about a lot the last time to have Bailey, Jeff G. Bailey, I mean, uh, the, great, <laughs> the greatest in Georgia history right, manager, I mean, year after year, manager of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was the man. For sure, I, I, you know, I ran across as I'm looking at looking through different results from your career that you had a match with the Sandman at, mm-hmm. at <laughs> Yeah, that was my that was my my sayonara, see you later. You know, that was that was my all right. You got you got to go home and you got to get the hell out of here match. Uh, uh, that's what that was. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Because we we originally were supposed to work uh, work this angle, um, you know, that was going to carry on for a month or so, and about probably a little longer. And I was I was pretty stoked about it, you know, and um, it it just it it wound up not working out the way that uh, that I thought that it might have. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. But I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and trade. Uh, I wouldn't go back and trade, you know, the way that I did things, um, or anything like that. I wouldn't, tra- I wouldn't change any of it for nothing, you know, because if nothing else, like I, I, I stood my ground on who my character was, and you know, uh, the amount of work that had been put into, you know, the iceberg uh, persona. Uh, you know, it was something that that I foresaw uh, them basically, you know, going to destroy in a very short period of time. So rather than, you know, have them destroy what I felt and uh, feel like it was was something greater, that being the character that that Jeff Bailey basically gave life to. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured that I, I saw the writing on the wall, so I figured, look, I'm gonna get the hell out of here. If I'm getting the hell out of here, I'm gonna get the hell out of here the way that I want to go, and and that's that's pretty much what happened. So. They just the 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 powers that be there just didn't see what iceberg could what? be. Is is that what's going on? Well, I I don't. They didn't want. You know that character, uh, uh, especially with the way that they had presented me. Um, but um, it, it it more or less fell on um, that when I worked with Norman Smiley, uh, he got a little more offense, I guess, than what I don't guess. Look, I know uh, than than what they wanted him to have. I gave him a little too much. Um, gotcha. But the the way I and this is how I told him in the back before we ever went out, like I knew that shit was probably going to go south after it. But he he just kept asking me. He was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yes, sir." I said, "I've got too much respect for you to go out and basically job him out." Uh, you know, I mean, he and he had twenty years in the business mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and could have tied me in a knot if he wanted to, but he was so giving of himself and so willing to give of himself. And I was just like, you know, 
it's Norman Smiley. I think it was his first time back there or his first time in. Um, and so, like, you know, he had his couple little spots that he would do. Nothing too bad. Nothing in my mind that was too bad. But I, I, I like I said, I kind of, you know, bitten the uh, the end off of that old cigar when I decided, you know, screw it. This is what I'm going to do. Um, they're going to get rid of you anyway. Uh, so I was like, well, at least I'll go out here and I and I'll put on a quality match and, and it'll be entertaining and. Uh, if, you know, if they fire me, they fire me. But it won't be because I've I've screwed up in the ring. You know, it'll it'll be because you know shit that's gone on backstage that nobody's gonna hear about. You know, until twenty years later. <laughs> yeah, you're listed in the results as Edward Chastain. Is that how you were presented? Was this Edward Chastain? Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez, Edward. Yep. I, my the 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 tryout match I had I was you know I was in my in my gear uh, with with my shit with my name on it and then when I got the spot you know it was you know I guess Jeff um, or Jerry I'm not sure which one it was uh, and I've got so much respect uh, for both of those guys um, one of them had the, the idea that they wanted me in the street clothes. You know, like a, I look like I should have been in, in right to censor over on the, you know, the other channel. Mm-hmm. I should have, mm-hmm. I should have been with those guys the way they had me dressed. But it is what it is. And uh, yeah. so yeah, I just, I tried, I tried to make the best of it. Um, they were trying to come up with a name for me, and there was a couple ideas tossed around, and I was like, shit. <laughs> it's like, let me, let me just, let me just give them. Let me let me show them my driver's license, and they can pick, you know, from from my my first medal, you know, and we've got the last name right here. Before they completely completely bury me with some dipshit, you know, name that my my character would have never recovered from, never recovered from. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> got out of there and went back to be an iceberg. So, and had a yeah. long, healthy career in Wildside. Yes, sir. Yeah, and, uh, and that, you know that's that's another experience that I wouldn't trade for anything, man. Uh, just just you know being a being a part of that locker room and and being around you know that much talent because I mean you got to look back at all the the guys that used to come in and do our TV. You know, I mean, it's a it's a who's who list of people, yeah. And um, you know, just to just to be around, um, you know, some of the guys that were coming in from the northeast and different areas. I mean, it kind of prepared you for, okay, well, if my chance comes and I get to travel a little bit and and go up in those areas, then I I pretty much know what to, you know, what to look for, uh, as far as you know, uh, how I need to work, you know, how I need to, to handle a room. Um, and when I say a room, I mean, obviously, in, inside the building, uh, the venue. So it was it was, uh, uh, it was was awesome, you know, having those relationships early on with, with uh, you know, with guys, you know, coming in from the outside to do our TV. You know, I want to uh, come forward a little bit. We didn't really talk much last time about the anarchy era and Devil's Rejects. Okay. What do you um, What are your thoughts or memories about about that period? Um, that's to me that is the. Um, greatest faction, and I know that's a bold statement. Uh, I'll put it right up there with the elite. That that is those two factions right there, and I was looking enough to be a part of both of them. Um, But the the rejects run in anarchy was insanity. It was completely insane. Um, the amount of stuff that we did and uh, were able to get away with, I'll say, 
um, you know, shooting the angle with, you know, with Jerry after the, the War Games match and us putting him out and, you know, the, the, the people following the, the ambulance to the hospital and staying half the night. Oh, um, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's a, that's, we had a, we had a, a full-on NWO moment with the trash getting swung in the ring and, and, um, yeah, it was it was awesome, man. <laughs> I actually just I actually just watched that um I watched that match back the other day, uh, with you know, with the promos and all the uh the extra shit that, that was filmed, you know, the ride to the hospital with Jerry and, and everything. Uh and I mean that was it was just it was so much fun to to, you know, sit back and and look at it, you know, not quite 20 years later, but, um, you know, we're getting close uh, just to to see, you know, the things that we did. I mean, I'm so proud of, of everything that we did because, you know, like we, we had the building was sold out that night. You couldn't have put another person in there, I don't believe, it, if you wanted to, not legally anyway. Um <laughs> You know, being on being on top of that and and having having you know the the stuff with Jerry come out of it, you know, we we couldn't have. Uh, I don't think we could have planned for a better result. And then you know, moving on from uh, you know Team Anarchy, which had so much uh, history and 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 chemistry with all four of those guys, Rockwell and Slim J and Shadow and Nemesis. Um, and Jerry, you know, I can't leave him out. Um, you know, and then to, to, to move on into, um, you know, the relationship where we, where we paid finally, I think we finally paid off, uh, the anarchy versus rejects thing over in, uh, over in Helen, uh, at Fright Night that year, I believe it was, uh, it was the, I think it was a casket match where I think Jerry wound up uh, putting Dan in the casket at the end of it. Um, you know, and going from there to moving on to the elite, uh, the stuff that that we got to do with them uh, up in Helen, um, you know, like I know Jeff uh, probably, probably as good as anybody as far as in, like in the business goes. Um mm-hmm. But knowing him and then knowing the, you know, he, he had just a turnstile of talent that was coming in, you know, I mean, um, bringing Judas back. Yeah, from, uh, Jeff from Puerto Lewis, Rico, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Lewis and Onyx and, um, you know, Abyss. Like, it was just, it was so much fun because, like, you know, Jeff and I could just, give a look to one another and you know I we would know we each would know which way the other one was going the natural chemistry that that the bunch of guys that we had um on our side and the the bunch of guys that you know he had on his side um god man that's that's stuff that people you know they can Shit, that 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 kind of shit, man, may not happen, you know, every ten years or so. Uh, I mean, and then for us to, you know, we sold out Helen. Yep. And then we we built up to go to the Mountain Center, and I was nervous as shit about that show, not not the match, but just the show and and itself, because. We didn't have not one name talent on that card. If you go back no. and you look at it, no, and, all built on on, on on anarchy people. Yep, and, and for us to go in there and draw the house that we did, and the 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 part to me that I'm I'm proudest of is the fact that we outdrew uh, Hermie Sadler's show that ran there, and I, I want to say that. I don't remember if it was that show or a TNA show that ran there as well. We outdrew them both, and one had Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe on top. Mm-hmm. 
and we we outdrew you know both of those companies individually with not a name on the card it was just all really 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 fucking good storytelling and them giving us the time to play that story out i think is what made um what made those the shows where we traveled outside of the the arena um I think that's what made them so successful uh is the fact that we nothing was rushed and we had time to tell stories and and get people invested in what we were doing and I, I honestly I think that's probably why we drew the house is because people were able to digest what we were doing slowly but surely you know it wasn't like a um like a race to you know to finish it was it was a marathon you know slow and steady wins the race and uh you know i think i think that show at the, the mountain center uh i think that that showcases that so. well and you were you know basically doing i mean anarchy at that time of course was, was running every two weeks and you're filming mm-hmm. two and three episodes of TV every week. So you're doing you're you're running twice a month, and you're doing episodic TV to be able to tell the stories and build them up, you know, like that. Which which you know, hardly anybody is in that these days is in that kind of situation where they have that kind of amount of shows and amount of footage to be able to tell the to tell the story slowly like that to really build them. Right. You know, I, I think I think the biggest problem that um, that that companies face these days that is um, social media and, and the fact that information is like on the second coming in, you know, in the palm of your hand. Like people are getting information so quickly these days um, that, that that's just how I, I now this is just my opinion, but I think that's why you can't really. Um, you know, run a program or run an angle for six months or a year or hell two years because that's what the that's what the the rejects and and anarchy and the elite wound up being was two years. And so, does any when I think about it on the independent level, a story running out that amount of time. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, I think we have Mr. Platinum finally making his way into the show here. Is that you, Steve? It is. It is me. <laughs> Hello. I managed to slip out of work. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yes, sir. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing real good. I can't complain. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I could find some shit to complain about, but I'm not <laughs> going to. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump in to the, the meat and potatoes of this thing. So how does it – I mean, I, I, I want you to be honest, like completely honest. How does it feel knowing that this show is happening and – it's for you. Like, this is the guys, guys that you, guys that trained you, guys that you wrestled with, guys that helped you basically shock the world, um, guys that, um, and it's for you. Um, does it, is there feelings that are maybe not the most positive? It does, it, is it, does it kind of weird you out a little bit? Because you're a pretty humble guy, Um does it shock you? Does it? Um, what are what are the feelings that you're having going into this thing on Friday? It, it um, you know, I'm i I'm, I'm, I'm said it to Larry earlier. I, I'm really humbled by it. Um, the amount of people that that have come together and um, you know are doing something that's solely you know about me. Um, God, man, that's, whew, that's definitely something that brings up some emotions. So, yeah, you dove right in there, Steve. 
I mean, I, I'm just, I, I, you know, when I started 2098, what, 24 years ago, almost 25, um, I never could have imagined something like this transpiring, you know? Never in my wildest dreams could I have ever imagined anything like this, you know? Um, the 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 fact that uh, that that I earned the respect of my peers, you know, is um, it's definitely something I think that uh, when you're in that kind of position, that's you know that's one thing that you work for, and at the end of the day, when you walk away from it or or however you get away from it, um, it uh, it's very satisfying knowing that. Um, that are in their, their respect. Yeah, I mean it. I mean it, it's tough, right? Um, yeah. You spent a career kind of defying expectation. Uh, you know, you wrote me not too long ago um, to give me condolences about my sister, and yes, which was very much appreciated. And then you talked about how crazy it was. I mean, we have a, a story or two of our own, right? Like you were yeah. on the first platinum show in Georgia. This was before yes, it was platinum championship wrestling. This was when it was like platinum something else. And we did the show in Jefferson County and it was packed <laughs> because one of the students was like the, the PE coach. And so this building is packed, and Berg is there with friggin' Abdullah, and they do a body slam challenge thing. And, you know, I remember um, thinking to myself, like, yeah. and then you did an interview. I don't know if you remember this. It was written. So I, like, sent the questions out to put on the website. And, and so, of course, I, I watched your stuff and just went, like, no, everything this guy's saying about himself is true, right? He's this big guy who moves, and I can't imagine. I'm just going to speak for a little while here, and hopefully Bird doesn't get mad at me. But no, like, brother, I'm listening. I, look, you spent a career sort of defying the physics of what's good for your body. I was, I was talking to Jeff earlier. I went, you know, offensive linemen, um, sumo wrestlers, and guys like Berg. These are guys who are basically pushing their bodies beyond a breaking point, and they pay for it, right? Sumo wrestler, even when they, if they lose the weight and all that kind of stuff afterwards, they live to 56. At one point, offensive linemen live to 54, right? Like, and Berg's still here. Um, you know, a year ago, Jimmy Rave died, and Larry and I had a number of conversations about it. And one of the things we talked about was, how long are we, why are we fucking waiting? Why are we waiting until shit happens until we honor people? And Berg, I'm just going to be blunt here. I know you got to be feeling some kind of way, even about coming to this show where people are honoring you and they love you. I can't lie and say I understand what you're feeling completely. I can't. I don't know that. But what I can say is for wrestling, which is a notoriously selfish and conniving business, even when it doesn't mean to be, it seems to attract people who are, you know, they've fallen into this fantasy-based business. But the fact that this show is happening and people are picking up the pieces behind the scenes. I mean, I still hear way more about this wrestling bullshit than I ever want to. It doesn't matter how much I want to distance myself or not do it. It's just I still hear about this horse shit all the time, right? Who's, who's picking up the pieces behind the scene and who's, you know, making sure this thing comes off. And 
I, I do think, um, and I mean, of course there's health concerns and doctors and all the rest of that, but for a guy who spent decades um, playing in pain, and I mean, I'm just, I hope this doesn't make you sad, but like you played in pain in ways that guys like me and Larry could scarcely understand, right? I never had to carry hundreds of extra pounds and move it around. I never had to go to places like TNA. I never got to do any of these things. I can't imagine what you've had to deal with physically, mentally, both disappointments. I can sympathize with that stuff. I've had my share of disappointments in wrestling and all of that horse shit. But, I mean, Friday, they need you, right? They need you there. Um, See, you might think that this is like a sympathy thing for you and all the rest of that. It's not. I think it's something that Georgia Wrestling needs to give you. Um, I think... You know, the money part of it, of course, that's important. Guys like Rob Rod, who are going to be there um, to hand over money, that element is wonderful. But I think this is about a lot more than that. I think this is the rare case of someone in wrestling getting their due. And the, and the thing is, Berg, the debt can never be paid. Um, the debt to you cannot be paid. In in law, they have this thing called, you know, making uh, like basically making people whole. There is, but there, but the law even knows there is no such thing, right? How much how much money can you give somebody to make up for whatever egregious injuries happen to them? You can't. Like <laughs> money is not the same as whatever. And I'm not saying that it is for you either, but I mean, I I would love to have you there. I think a number of people who I know are showing up to this thing um, want to have you there. I mean, I think I thought it was too bad that you couldn't be at the ICW thing, but this thing is uh, to me much more important. And I, I just know how hard people are working, but it's not about that. It's about, for God's sakes, um, you're one of those guys who I think is is not just respected. Normally I'm all about respect over love and caring. Um, I'm Japanese, for God's sakes. Right. But, right. <laughs> but I think in this case it really um, comes from a place first of, you know, they, they love you. And right. even the guys that don't, really know you um they want maybe some of the guys are there in part because they've never worked in that building or they just want to be part of something bigger than themselves um and and it involves you and that's about as wrestling as it gets um i was thinking about this could you imagine berg like when you were working and you were kind of this younger wrestler and, you know, even before you were the being of inconceivable horror, right? Right. When you were, you were still over, right? When you're like (laughs) kind of, I don't know, even the analogy to draw like happy Humphrey or something. And and you're like sitting on a dude and the crowd's going absolutely fucking ape shit (laughs) and all that great stuff, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, man, where I like, you know, like what you're talking about right now specifically, um, you know, I was in positions where I was just happy to be there. And the fact that, that people, you know, it's, it's crazy for me to think about it. Uh, and, and I'm glad that you, that you, you know, phrased it the way that you did, um, because I didn't know any better at that point in time. You know, I wasn't yeah. looking any further than, you know, the next the next night or, you know, the next weekend, whatever we had booked, you know, for sometimes up to four days. But, um, you know, I was just happy to be there. And, 
Um, you know, the money was not an issue. Um, right. God, thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, just a, you know, love of the business, man. And that's just the way that I've always approached it. Now, I've had, I have had my moments. Uh, you know, where I wasn't happy to um, maybe be in some of the situations that I was in, but was I never uh, unhappy or, or was I ever unhappy being, uh, you know, on a show in front of a live crowd or in the locker room with the boys uh, and, 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 the, and the girls? No, I never had a day like that where I was unhappy yeah. to be, you know, where I was. Um, I'm very, very fortunate um, that I was so naive, you know, coming up. Uh, I'm, I'm so fortunate that I was naive to the to the fact, you know, that, uh, <laughs> you know, somebody may have been screwing me over. Uh, but you yeah. know what? I put myself out there and, and uh, you know, I made the choices that I made and, um, you, that none of the, none of the, the injuries, um now the 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 roughest one and I, I've been through a lot of shit. I've been through yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, even up to this point, you know, then lopping off part of my part of my damn leg. Um yeah. I've been through some shit. And one of the if not the absolute worst thing and I, I've had my I've had my face broken, um my my orbital bone broken, nose smashed in, and it, it, all of that shit pales in comparison to uh, the masquerade show for working for you. I got to work with Jay Fury that night, and he did a he did a dive on the outside on me, and I had stepped too far back, and I tried to get in to catch him to make sure you know protect him. Because he was one of my kids, too. Like, I know he was your kid, but, like, I love right. that kid. He, he got on right. the road with us, you know. And uh, he did a dive out on me, and I, I I got there to catch him, and I safely caught him. He wasn't injured, but I tore the cartilage away from my rib cage. Cool. Uh, and pain, I, I'm man. sure that you remember that night because I know Jeff was there. Um, and... and you actually, I think we took the elevator down because we were up on the top floor, uh, up, up at the masquerade. Yeah. And you were like, you were just really, you know, concerned about me, and like I could have given two shits less, you know, that that I had just been hurt. It was like I just had a good match with a really good young wrestler, and you know, in an awesome venue, working for an awesome guy. Like, what have I got to complain about? I guess, you know, I, you know, I had absolutely nothing to complain about. It's that attitude, right? I mean, it's as old school. Um, it's wrestling. For good and for bad, it's wrestling. I, The, the people that I know are going to be there for you, and the people that I hope, I mean, I'm going to cut a little promo about the people who should be there. Um, you know, you had your moments in Canton that had nothing to do with Southern Honor. This might be a fucking shock to Gary fucking Lamb, but wrestling happened there, right? And yeah. you were a big deal there. I mean, Dan told me the story once of he went to an, like a Southern Honor show, and, and whoever was there near the concessions, as soon as Dan started, didn't recognize Dan because he wasn't in full makeup, but as soon as he heard Dan talk, because, my God, if you can't recognize that voice, I don't know what's wrong with you, right? right as soon right. as Dan started talking, realized, like, oh, my God. And then, you know, started talking to him about tanking you. Like, right. there's the people there that hopefully have heard about this show who live in that area. There's the wrestlers that you have worked, many of whom would cite wrestling you as the highlight of their career. My God, Johnny Danger is going to eat off of that table when he got that <laughs> ungodly color against you the rest of his life. That was, I mean, I've, I've known that guy since he was going to hire me. Think about this. 
he was going to hire me to help him get ready for his bachelor party wrestling show, right? He's going to hire all these wrestlers, and he's going to play wrestler for one night. And I told him that was ridiculous, and he should just train if he wants to do this shit. But his, and, and, of course, getting in the ring, he got to live his dream. He got to beat Johnny Danger. He got to do all this shit. But it was working that match with you where he really got to do what he always dreamed of being. You've been the center of a lot of guys' wish fulfillment. And these are all the people that need to show out for this thing um, because I don't want to say they've got a debt because I don't like to hold that over anybody's head. I will just say they have an obligation. I'll use a very Japanese kind of word. They have an obligation, and um, I think – Everybody should feel that obligation. And, I mean, it's not fair to you, but you have one as well because there's a lot of people who love you. And there's a lot of people who have – who all they want, more than the matches, and the matches are great, right? I had Dan send me the whole card, and all of these matches are wonderful. You know, yes. Bryce Cannon, you got these – a great combination of young guys, guys like Stucky. Um, who I know you're very close to, like all of these guys are on the card and it's wonderful, but really the main event is you. (laughs) The main event is seeing you uh, and, and just to be in your presence. um, You're the beating heart. and I mean that in the literal and figurative sense of the word. You're the beating heart of Georgia wrestling. You're um, this guy who has done it all, who has touched the top. I mean, watching those clips, I don't know how you felt about it, but watch, even watching you get blasted by that chair by Shawn Michaels, I thought, like, <laughs> one, I just went, oh, Jesus Christ. Thank God it was him and not Jeff. Got hit with that fucking right? chair. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> let me t- let me jump in right yeah. there. Okay, so we each had an order to go in that DX spot, and <laughs> if you watch it right towards the end, Bailey was supposed to feed in and take the chair shot. Uh, yeah. But it wound up being Chad Parham because Bailey wouldn't go. And so Chad jumped in and fed to the chair, and then Bailey fed to the to the sledgehammer. So yeah, Jeff Jeff can finagle his way around some shit, uh, Mister Bailey. I hope you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. I hope you're listening to it because you can definitely finagle your way around some shit. I've watched you do it for twenty damn years now. So, don't don't. Don't come fucking with me, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's going to be there. It's just like, I was, I remember when they would put on those Ted Allen shows and I would go to those things and I would think, you know, it's it sounds really weird to say when it's something that has such gravity to it, like the Ted Allen nightmare shows, but they were like the social events of the season. You know, like you would they, see yeah. everybody. And yeah, I mean that was that was the one time a year, right? That that everybody could come together, and there were no egos, and it didn't, you know, it didn't matter who you worked for, and you know what I mean? Like all yeah. personal beef was put aside, and or professional beef was put aside, and, and and personally we all would come together, and yeah, it was, I mean that that stuff was great, man. And I know I just cut you off again, and I apologize. No, no. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, those shows were great. And, I mean, it's got to be weird being on that end as as a performer. Because, I mean, Ted Allen wasn't with us when those shows happened. And, right. But you are. And I think that's right. as important as anything. You're here, you know. And, yeah. And um, we'll, never, we'll never get to see Jimmy Rave. I mean, not to lay it on this thick. Um, I'm having to step in back in here soon. We'll never. Jimmy Rave never got to (laughs) see it, and I was thinking about you know one year later after his death, like like all his 
sins are kind of washed away. Jimmy Rave had done a lot of things because of addiction and all that kind of stuff, and none of that matters anymore. And I guess whatever you're feeling, whatever negative things you're feeling about, you were a killer. And I can only imagine when you don't feel physically whole, I don't know what that's like psychologically. I will just say that it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter in the sense that I'm just so glad the show's happening. And guys like Jeff are going to be there. And guys like Dan are going to be there. You know, Murder's putting this thing on, but I'll just, put, I'll just say it. Like, guys like Dan have stepped up to make sure this thing is what it should be. And what it should be right. is people in the business honoring you. And it should be you're there to remind everybody. Um, and to honor you. But more than that, just to have you there um, because you're the beating heart. You're the beating heart of Georgia wrestling. Um, a reminder that this, that this thing that other people have gotten to, you, you know, you've helped set this table that a lot of people get to eat. Um, whether it's, you know, Gary Lamb or guys like me or, you know, as, as much as Jeff is proud of helping to create the being of inconceivable horror, you help Jeff G. Bailey, too. I think that's important to note. You know, yeah, that you're, was the, marriage. you're yeah, the greatest thing that he ever got to do, right? It was, it was the yeah. thing that he always wanted to do the most of all, and it was you. And I, I just, just uh, I, want, I told Jeff, like, I want a picture with you and Berg. Like, I want to see that picture. Like, that picture right. is important. It's important to him. And um, you should know that because, you know, he, he tends to not say these kind of things. Because right. of, you know, you know, the same thing that makes him smart enough to not get hit in the head with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, Berg, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll just say it. I, you know, um, I'll try to hop back on here, but I do have to get back into work. I see they're absolutely flipping out. But, like, you know, I love you, and I'm so glad this is happening, and I can't wait to hear about it. And uh, this is my call to everybody else. Uh, if If you can get there, get your ass there, because you'll always wish you were there. And that goes for everybody, including Bird. You'll always wish you were there. So, for God's sakes, get there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Steve. I really do. And I love you, buddy. And I'm on, I'll am i just go ahead and say this while we're on here doing this. That way, there's, you know, I'll be there. One way or the other, cool. I'll be there. Well, I'll be so. there, too. <laughs> there you and go. I hope that... Bunches of other folks are there, too. And, um, again, folks, Friday night in Canton at the Action Building. Tickets go on sale at 5, bell time at 8. As Steve said, it's, you, you, it's something you don't want to miss. Berg, thanks for coming back on. Thanks for doing this. Hey, man, thank you guys for having me, for asking me to come back on. I, I appreciate it. i got so much respect and love for, for both of you guys. And, uh I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to seeing you too, sir. I'll see you Friday night. Right. And right. folks, welcome for uh, – thanks for listening into The Tipping Point.